Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text this Sunday, the 13th Sunday after Trinity, is the Gospel reading, Luke chapter 10. Dear friends in Christ, St. Paul wrote to the Galatians in our epistle reading, Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scriptures imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. St. Paul's lesson for the Galatians is that the point of the law, both God's Ten Commandments and the Old Testament in general, which is sometimes called law with a lowercase l, the point is not that our works make us righteous in God's eyes. The point of the law is to show us which things are pleasing to God and are His will and which things we also fail to do. By failing to keep the commandments, we all fall under the condemnation of the law, which is God's plan. It is God's plan to condemn all through the law so that He can also have mercy on all through faith in Christ. This is what's at stake in our Lord's conversation with the lawyer. The lawyer, whom the text indicates is not a believer in Jesus, came to our Lord to test him, albeit with a wrong understanding of the law. The lawyer assumed that by works of the law, by obedience to the commandments, that we are able to make ourselves right with God. But our Lord shows through the parable that no such thing is possible. By our own good works, we cannot merit eternal life. Therefore, Christ became our good Samaritan. This is an idea that is very easily missed in this text and commonly is. Quite often, this text is moralized to teach that we are to love every single person we come across regardless of any merit or worthiness on their part. And this is true. Our faith in Christ does lead us to live in love toward our neighbor. This cannot be encouraged enough. But it's just not the point of this text. For that, we need to look at the whole text. And it starts this way in verse 25 of Luke chapter 10. Behold, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? There are, are a few red flags that we should notice here. The first is that the man doing the speaking is a lawyer. And a lawyer in the New Testament is not the lawyer that we have now. In the New Testament, these guys were the experts in knowing and applying the commandments of God in the Old Testament. They were also known for inventing loopholes in these laws and 
And as a group, they were opposed to Jesus. The lawyer greeted Jesus as teacher, which is something that his enemies do. And then St. Luke writes that the lawyer tested Jesus. But the word that the Holy Spirit uses here is the same word for the devil's tempting Jesus earlier in the gospel. This lawyer questioned our Lord with dubious intent and with a wrong understanding of God's law. He assumed that he could bring himself into eternal life by his own good works. Jesus, knowing this man's a lawyer, answered him with a lawyer's question. He said, What is written in the law? The man responded with words that we heard recently, and in fact last week, that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, and our strength, and our neighbor as ourselves. Jesus said, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. The man was right. If, if you love the Lord with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself, you will enter eternal life. What's the problem here? The problem is that no one is able to do this. Jeremiah, for example, served the Lord as a prophet for 40 years, did whatever the Lord told him. And yet this was the conclusion that Jeremiah came to. He begged the Lord, correct me, O Lord, but in justice. Not in your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. Jeremiah knew that despite whatever good deeds he might have had, it certainly was not enough to offset his sins, for which he deserved to be brought to nothing by the wrath of God. Read the Psalms of King David, and you'll find the same there. Still, the lawyer was not going to budge on this. And instead, he desired to justify himself, it says. So, Jesus decided to teach a parable. The parable goes that there was a man heading down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And along the way, he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and then departed, leaving him half dead. By chance... There was a priest returning home from his duty down that same road. The priest, who you certainly would have expected to come to the man's aid, went by on the opposite side of the road. Perhaps he was concerned that the man might be dead. If the priest touched a dead body, he'd be made unclean for a time, and, well, couldn't have that. Later, a Levite, a temple worker, also came down the same road, and he actually came up to the place where the man was, saw that he was alive, and the loving thing, of course, would have been to help him. But then the Levite, like the priest, crossed to the opposite side and kept going. So, two men who should have been supreme examples of righteousness and of love for neighbor fail to love their neighbor as themselves. 
And by the lawyer's definition, they, who would have been the lawyer's heroes, would not enter eternal life. Finally, a Samaritan came by. Samaritans were the descendants of those who previously lived in the northern kingdom. The northern kingdom of Israel was destroyed in 722 B.C. People from other countries were brought into the area, and they came in with their idols. The Samaritans were descendants of Israelites who married these unbelievers. And they were despised in Israel in Jesus' time. Yet the Samaritan came to the place where the man was and had compassion. He loved the man by binding up his wounds and he poured on him healing oil and wine. He put the man on his own animal and then he did something you you would never do. He then walked the man to the inn. And there he continued to care for him, paying the innkeeper and promising a full payment upon his return. The point of the parable is that those who should have been the utmost examples of righteousness and love failed to love, while the unexpected Samaritan did truly love his neighbor. If we were to place ourselves in this parable, one conclusion we could draw is that the priest is very near a picture of ourselves. We have all been brought to faith in Christ by the Holy Spirit through the Word. We have been called to labor in our Lord's vineyard, bearing the fruits of love which flow from a right faith. But when it comes to loving our neighbor as ourselves, speaking truthfully, we don't. That's true. We might love our neighbor. We might love them a lot. But not as much as we love me. One example. In small congregations, we are all accustomed to noticing how many people there are in church. And we all know the feeling when there are few in attendance. The reality is that we don't only attend worship to praise God and to receive His gifts, but also to encourage one another. And when we purposely choose not to attend worship, when we say, I'm not going because, in a way, we are failing to love our neighbor when we cause them to be discouraged by our purposeful absence. There are other examples. I know that was an uncomfortable one. There are others. We, we don't support the food bank as much as we should. We don't pray for others as much as we should. We don't visit them as much as we should. I can't. I won't. I don't have time. All the excuses that we give all come back to the same one-letter word, I. I can't, I won't, I don't, I don't want to, and so on. And that is what sin is. To be more concerned with I than with God, 
or neighbor. And dear friends in Christ, our sins have piled up. They pile up on us and they, they pummel us into the ground and they beat us and they leave us naked before God and fully dead. Because not only are we the priest, we're also the man left for dead. That is where our sins get us. But there is someone else in the parable, isn't there? It's not the priest. It's not the Levite. Not the man beaten up. Talked about that already. Who's left? The Samaritan. The Samaritan is Christ. He alone is the one who truly fears, loves, and trusts in God above all things and loves his neighbor more than himself. Christ is the one who came to where we were laying broken and dead in sin and had compassion. He did the work of our healing upon himself. He took it upon himself when he took our sins in his own body on the cross. By his death, he made the payment for our sins of thought and word and deed. And he binds up our wounds with the healing oil and wine of his word and his sacrament. All that we need, he supplies He forgives us our sins. He strengthens our faith. And he causes us to live in love toward him and toward our neighbor. The lawyer was wrong in two points. First, he was wrong not to believe in Jesus. We know that one. Second, he was wrong to assume that it was within his power to earn eternal life. That by loving God above all things and his neighbor as himself, he would merit eternal life. And sometimes we fall into that error. Our Lord teaches us today that we are unable to merit salvation by our works. For we fail to love God above all things. And we do love ourselves more and often to the exclusion of our neighbor. Therefore, Christ became our good Samaritan, healing and saving us by his death and granting us his forgiveness as a gift through faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.